All right, Shabbos, say good morning. Let us let us begin thanking our. Let's begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank, excuse me, our Talmud Torah sponsors for the month of year. Yonah and Shishi Ehrenfeld for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of their grandfather Yosef Ben Shmuel Aaron. Benjamin and Elise Wall of Eretz for dedicating the Shurim this month in memory of their dear friend and mentor. Moshe Chaim Ben Tzvi Hirsch, our week of learning sponsors, Hilary Jacobs in Kent, in commission of the yard site of her daughter, Shifra Bas Chana Dina, and our Dafyomi sponsors, Bill Eskin, Li'ilin Nishmas, his mother, Gittel Bas Nochum, Bernard and Varda Birnbaum, commemorating the 100th yard site of their grandmother. Incredible. Mrs. Esther, Mr. Mrs. Esther Oppenheim, Birnbaum, Esther, Bas, Hechavar, Gabriel, Zichrona, Livracha. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, the Neshamas will have an Aliyah and the families a Nechama. With that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf pei, 80. We are picking up a Merit Hashem on Ayin Tes Amud Beis 79b. We have a lot to do today. And we left off at the Gemara. Suppose if remember again, just I know we did the Mishnah quickly in yesterday's daf, but the... The Mishnah was focused on the topic of the status of a Sris, a person who is sterile. So remember again, whenever we get into this discussion, we always have two different types of srisim that we're talking about, what we call a sris adam versus a sris chama. So a sris adam means sterility caused by injury versus sris chama, a person who is born with, with a particular condition or a person who was born sterile. So there was a whole machlokis back and forth in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yoshua, Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Eliezer, about which one of these types of srisim, which one of these types of individual has the ability to do yibum, to, or I shouldn't say to do yibum, to do chalitza, and again, therefore, again, chalitza would be done to this. So there's a whole back and forth. So let's pick up. Says the Gemara Michti. Shaminun Rabbi Akiva, Dom Rechayve, Chayve, Chayve, Krisus, Domu, Bechayve, Krisus, Lav, Bnei, Chalitza, Ve'yibum, Ninhu. Both say a little bit of background again. Rabbi Akiva says, here was Rabbi Akiva's explanation in the Mishnah. Rabbi Akiva said, Asris Adam which means, again, a person who became sterile through an injury, right, during his lifetime, right, over the course of life, he becomes a star as a result of an injury. Rabbi Akiva said, Ultimately, again, he does chalitza. In other words, again, if he's a surviving brother, he does chalitza. And ultimately, again, if he passes away without children, chalitza is done to his wife. What's Rabbi Akiva's logic? Because since he wasn't born this way, he had a point in time in which he was kosher, he was fit to marry into the kal, right, to marry into the general assembly. And therefore, again, he is subject to the laws of chalitza. So there's laws of chalitza. As opposed to Rabbi Akiva says, as opposed to srischama, someone who's naturally born that way, ultimately, again, he doesn't do even when he doesn't do chalitza. Nor is chalitza done to his wife. Why? Because he never had a shasa kosher. There was never a point in time where he would have been permitted to marry into the general assembly. Fine, that's the shita of Rabbi Akiva. The Gemara asks a fundamental question. Rabbi Akiva says, right, remember, I remember say that the famous shita of Rabbi Akiva is that chayvei lavin arke chayvei krisos. Say, this is why, again, Rabbi Akiva holds that ultimately, again, you could create a mamzer through Chayvei Lavin, right, which is, which is a pretty dramatic thing. Rabbi Akiva also holds that Kiddushin is not tofsin, 
by Chavi Lavin. That even if you have a relationship punishable just by a love, Kiddushin doesn't take effect. So it says the Gemara, I don't understand. According to Rabbi Akiva, Chavi Lavin are just like Chavi Krisos. Well, if that's the case, if that's the case, says the Gemara, if that's the case, then why should there be any chalitza with the wife of a, of a sris chama? All right, of a, I'm sorry, of a sris adam. In other words, if a sris adam marries someone on both sides, that is a prohibition, right? A man is a sris, sris adam, right? In this case, he suffered some injury. As a result, he's sterile. What do we call this guy? What do we call him? A p'tudaka. P'tudaka kroshavcha. In other words, that's, that's the category that he's in. What's talacha with the p'tzuadaka kroshavcha? What's talacha? Lo yavah b'kal Hashem. He's not allowed to marry a Jewish woman from the general marriage pool. If he did so, if he did so, then what? He's transgressed a love. Now again, for everyone else in the world, that's fine. In other words, it's fine in that. Halacha l'maysa, he did something wrong. But ultimately, again, the marriage works. The marriage works. So I understand why there could be an issue of chalitza. According to Rabbi Akiva, According to Rabbi Akiva, the marriage shouldn't work because he holds Chayvei Lavin are like Chayvei Krisus. And I will say, remember again, going back to the first daf in Yevamas, whenever you have a situation of a of Kares, right, in Erva, there is no din of Chalitza. So the Gemara is asking Rabbi Akiva, why would there ever be a case of Cholzin by Sres Fundamental question. Am Rabbi Ami, Hachama Askina, what's the case? Oh, so we'll say, what's the case? So we'll say, let's say, go back. You haven't had two brothers in a while, right? So you, ha- you have Ruven and Shimon. We haven't had that, right? Ruven is married to a Gioras, a convert. Totally fine. He has a brother, Shimon. Shimon is a Sris Chama. He's a Sris Chama. Now what happens? Ruven passes away. Now we'll say, as much as, now, so now, now we understand why the Mishnah is Rabbi Kohen Rabbi Akiva. So Shimon can do Chalitza. Why could Shimon do Chalitza? Why? Because the Ptzuadaka, is permitted to marry a Gioras. They can't, they just can't marry into the general pool. That's why he could do it. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Akiva, Sarvah, like Rabbi Yossi, the Amar, Kal Gerim Lo Ikri Kal. And Rabbi Akiva holds like Rabbi Yossi, who holds Rabbi that the assembly of Gerim is not called the assembly of Klal Yisrael. What, what does that mean? We have to be very careful. Of course, Gerim are part of Klal Yisrael. But what it means is like this. When the Torah says, Lo Yavo Bekal Hashem, Kal Hashem means the general pool of Jews who were born Jewish. Kal Gerim is a different grouping. And therefore, again, interestingly enough, the Sris, the Sris Chama, would be permitted to marry a Gioras. Therefore, again, when Ruvain dies, Ruvain, brother number one, who's totally fine, married, married, we'll call her Rachel, the Gioras, he dies. He has a brother, Shimon, right? Shimon is a Sris Chama. Shimon is currently sterile, right? So, Halacha again, he does Chalitza. I, but how can he do Chalitza? He's not Shaykh to this woman. Yes, he is because she's a Gioras. Well, it's second. If that's the case, then why do we say Shimon has to do Chalitza? What should Shimon be able to do? What should he be able to do? Yibum. Let him do Yibum. Let him do Yibum, right? Because Halacha, we'll say again, remember, just to be clear, a Swiss, right, falls into the category of Psuadaka Khrushchevcha. Psuadaka Khrushchevcha, they're permitted to marry. They're permitted to marry. They're not just, they're just not permitted to marry what we call Bikal Hashem in the general pool. So let them do Yibum. Let them do Yibum if it's a Gioras, to which the Gemara says, you're right. You're right. The truth is, Krentrabi Akiva, 
in this case, he would be able, according to everyone, he would be able to go ahead and do Yibum. Rabbi Akiva was just maintaining textual symmetry. And since Rabbi Yoshua spoke about Chalitza, therefore Rabbi Akiva also spoke about Chalitza. What's the proof to this? Rabbi Yoshua ben Maseira spoke about this guy Ben Magusas. That was his name. Ben Magusas is in Yerushalayim. And what happens? He was a Swiss Adam. He was a Swiss Adam. The Yibmo as Ishto, Rabbi Akiva. And they allowed him to do Yibum in accordance with the position of Rabbi Akiva. Now, I will say, when can you ever have a situation of a Swiss Adam? who is permitted to go ahead and do Yibum, when could that ever happen? Interestingly enough, according to Rabbi Akiva, according to Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva is that Sris Adam had a point in time when he was permitted, okay? And it must be a case where what? The deceased brother was married to a Gioras, and the Sris Adam, who is considered to be like a Khrushchev Chabtsuadaka, is permitted, and, and by the way, one more piece, and we assume that Kal Gerim, is not called Kal Hashem. In that case, ultimately, again, the surviving brother, who is the Sris Adam, would be permitted to do Yibam. Okay, all I need is a couple of things to align perfectly, right? And the case works. But the point is, the case works. Incredible, incredible. So we'll say a very important, very important development in our Gemara. Let's go back to Massive Rabbah. So Rabbah raises a kasha. Rabbah raises a kasha. So we'll say, so, so just to point out over here like this, we're, 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 we're laser focused on Shaitas Rabbi Akiva. So just let's go through this again. Rabbi Akiva said in our Mishnah that a Sris Adam has the ability to go ahead and do Chalitza. A Sris Chama does not. Why the distinction? Because according to Rabbi Akiva, a Sris Adam had a point in time in which he was fit. Right, because he wasn't born this way, versus the Sris Chama, who never had a, what we call a Shasa Kosher, a point in time where he would have been eligible for this. Okay, so then the Gemara just builds on this. But Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva, the ability for even a Sris Adam to do to marry someone would be a love. So how is he even in the parsha? And you hold that lavim are like Chavi Krisus. How would he ever be in the parsha? of Chalitza, to which the Gemara says, you're right, it only works in a specific case, which is what? His sister-in-law, his sister-in-law is a Gioras. And Kerem are not called Kal Hashem, they're their own group. And therefore, Halach said that's the situation where he could do Chalitza. The truth is, he could even do Yibum. He could even do Yibum in that case. But we just call it Chalitza to maintain symmetry. Okay, now, massive rabbi, rabbi is the kasha. So we'll say if you have a Petsuadaka or a Kroshavcha, Swiss Adam, or a person who's a Swiss Adam, Swiss Adam, right? Vahazokin, or someone who's old. Now we'll say we're grouping all of these people together. You'll see one in just a moment. So what's the halacha? So we'll say, so obviously the Kamdanam in all of these people is they can't father children. That's the idea. They can't have children. So the Gemara says, so O Cholzin, O Miyabmin. They can either do Chalitza, or they could do Yibum. Or they could do Yibum. Says the Gemara. Um, I'm sorry. Um, good. Kate, so, so we'll say, what's the case? What's the case? It's actually very interesting. What's the case? So, Mesu, if these individuals, right? If they died, right? Ultimate, these men died. And let's say they left behind widows. So, we'll say, so all of these men now in this case were married. 
they left behind widows, or any one of these cases, they left behind the widow, and they also have, and no children, obviously, they also have surviving brothers. And let's say one of the surviving brothers gets up and does, or the surviving brother gets up and does maimar, right? get, or gives a get, or they do chalitza, masha asu asu. What's done is done. Ve'imba'alu kanu. And if they had, if their surviving brother had bia with, with the widow, ultimately, again, it works. It works out, Sibum. Meisu achin va'amduhein. Both say, what about the flip side case? If you have any of these men, and these men, any of these men had a brother, and their brother died without children, right? So what's that? Meisu achin va'amduhein va'asu ma'ira minishosein. And then these individuals listed over here, both say, the p'tzudak, the khrushaf, chasrus adam, and the zakein. And then they did ma'amar with his sister-in-law. Or Nasnu get gave a get. Oh, Chaltzu or did Chalitza? Masha asu asu. First wide line above say Barim Abam Ayin test. What's done is done. Ve'imbalu kanu. And if any of these men did yibum, did yibum, ultimately again it would work. Ve'asal kaimon. However, again they are not permitted to remain married. So it's an interesting case. If any of these men did in fact do yibum, the yibum would be effective but they would not be permitted to maintain the marriage. Why? So we'll say, ultimately, the Torah says, the Gemara says, therefore, Alma, Bekalaskinon. Then I will say, so just to understand what happened over here, right? Let's just analyze this case for just a moment. You have all these individuals, right? We're grouping them all together. Okay, what, what, what did we just say? We just said that halacha let's go to the second case, because that's really the kasha. So we'll say, these men, what happened? They have a brother, right? The brother. Brother died, left behind a widow. Left behind a widow. What did the Bryce just say? If any of these men did yibum with their sister-in-law, what's the status of the yibum? It works. It works, but they're not allowed to remain married. Why? Because the Torah says, lo yav, And I both say, if we are utilizing, or if we are, if we are bringing up the Isr of lo Hashem, that means, who is their sister-in-law? Who is their sister-in-law? Or who is not their sister-in-law? Or what is their sister-in-law not? Right? A gioras. <laughs> because again, the Isr of lo Hashem doesn't apply to a gioras. The fact that the price is bringing this up indicates that they're doing yibum, with a sister-in-law who is not a gioras, but ultimately, again, just a regular Jewish woman. And, and again, ultimately, we're saying that what? It works. But according to Rabbi Akiva, it shouldn't work because this type of yibum would be an isralav. According to Rabbi Akiva, an isralav has the same status as a isrkaris, and yibum is not effective in a case of an isrkaris. So this is Rabbah's kashan Rabbi Akiva. Ela Amar kegon shenaflalo, Ubasof Nifza. Oh, we'll say, okay, so here's the case. Here's the case. And actually, everything makes a bit more sense. Rabbi says, what's the case? The case of this Bryce is talking about a situation where Halacha Lamaisa, right, brother dies, brother dies, then their surviving brother, and then surviving brother becomes a Sris. Remember again, it's Sris Adam. So in other words, at the, at the moment at the moment that the brother died and the Zika, which a word we haven't used in a little while, right? The Zika was created, surviving brother was eligible to perform Yibam. Then something, an event occurs afterwards and then he becomes a Sris Adam. Look at Rashi. Rashi says, She'nafla lo v'huzkika 
liyibum. Right, so we'll say again, Zeka. Zeka is created. Olubasof nifzrash is the hashda bayechalislat kui zeka. Oh, they will say that's the case. So Rabbi is suggesting that perhaps this is the general situation in which in which Rabbi Akiva would require would require chalitza. Right, this is the situation of chalitza. Salach alamais again in a situation where brother died. Surviving brother was 100% eligible to perform yibum. Therefore, again, the zika connection is created. Then he becomes asris adam, petzuadaka, kroshafcha, whatever it might be. In that case, there is a zika that is still upon him. Then I both say, now granted, can he carry through on the zika? Can he carry through on the zika? No, because now there's a lava upon him. But the zika is still there. Therefore, Chalitza is going to be necessary to take care of the Zika. Incredible. Incredible. One second. But why? In other words, I will say, I just want to tell you, this is just so fascinating. So just, just, so just to isolate this one case. So according to Yakiva, here's what's happening. Ruvain dies. Right? Ruvain is married. Ruvain dies. Ruvain dies. Leaves behind the widow. No complicated. I mean, but I'm saying no complications from a Yibam perspective. There's Shimon, one surviving brother. Shimon is a great guy, eligible, no problem, right? So we'll say we already know the moment Ruvain dies, what happens? Zika bond is created. Okay, now what happens? Shimon suffers an injury. And as a result of Shimon's injury, he now becomes a Sris Adam. A Sris Adam. So I will say now what Rabbi Akiva is saying is like this. So what does Shimon have to do? What does Shimon have to do? Chalitza. Can't do Yibum. Why can't he do Yibum? He's a Tzudaka. Lo Yava Bekal Hashem. He can't marry this woman, right? Maybe if she was a Yioras, perhaps. But as soon as not right, can't do anything because ultimately, again, she, right? Lo Yava Bekal Hashem. But yet there's still the Zika. The Zika's there. So therefore, Allah Chalamaisa, we require Chalitza. To which the Gemara says, I don't understand. Why? Why do we just say at this point in time, there's no more Zika? Why is there no more zeka? Let the prohibition of Petsua Daka uproot the assay of Yibam. In other words, we both say, what do you mean there's a zeka? The zeka is only meaningful if there's a possibility of Yibam. But Halach so over here, once he becomes a Sris Adam, now he has upon him a lav. Lo yovo bekal Hashem. So he can't do Yibam. So let that lav uproot the zeka. To which the Gemara says, Milo tonight after all, did we not learn? Rabbi Gamil Omer, Imiana, Miana, Vimlav, Tamtin Adshet Tagdil, Vetetse Halazumi Shum Achos Isha. Shabbos, remember again, we actually had this case where, remember again, you have two brothers, Ruvain and Shimon, and let's say they're married to two sisters, Rachel and Leah. But Shimon's wife, Leah, is a Kitana. So let's say again, the father, right? Leah's father married her off to Shimon. So Shimon is married to a Kitana. They both say, remember again, actually, I'm sorry, not her father, her brother. Let's call it her brother, right? Therefore, again, it's Kiddushet Dirabanon. Ruvain dies, Ruvain dies. Rachel now falls before Shimon for Yibam. What's the problem? What's the problem? Could Shimon do Yibam? No, why? Because then he'll be effectively married to two sisters. So the easiest thing is we tell Leah, who is the rabbinic wife, Dumiun, 
do miyun, miyun, right, refuse the marriage, that allows her to retroactively uproot the marriage, and then Shimon can do yibum. But ultimately, again, if Leah does not want to do miyun, then we wait till she gets older, right? She then becomes a full-fledged biblical wife, in which case, again, Shimon doesn't have the ability to do yibum, or there's no obligation, yibum or chalitza, with Rachel, why? Because Akhosishto, that's from the past, right? Akhosishto is his wife's sister. So So we see what, what, what does that effectively do? That goes ahead and allows the Isra of Akhosishto, of Akhosisha, to uproot the obligation of Yibum. So the Gush the Gemara says, Ama Asi Isra Akhosisha, Vidahi, Hachanami, Nese Isra Patsua, Vinitri. So we'll say, we should see over here that Halachalamai said, the moment that Shimon becomes ultimately again a Srischama Patsua Daka, that Isser should come and uproot the assay of Yibum. Truth is, Gemara answers the Tana of our Mishnah is also apparently there are two versions of Rabbi Akiva. Our version, our Tana of Rabbi Akiva says, The only type of lavin that create mamzerus are the type of lavin that have to do with relationships with people who are who are related to you. However, mechavi lavin gridi lo havi mamzer. Ultimately, I will say, but by stam chavi lavin, ultimately this version of Rabbi Akiva would not create mamzerus. Okay, fine. I will say, and therefore Allah lamaisa, and therefore Allah lamaisa, the Yimar is suggesting that Allah lamaisa therefore it will work. Okay. Ikri Khan, so we'll say two versions in Rabbi Akiva. Ikri Khan, la hakim, la hakim la achiv shame. So we'll say we see over here, ultimately again, by Yibum, right? The Pasuk by Yibum says, the Pasuk is actually talking about by Chalitza. We speak about the idea, la hakim la achiv shame. We'll say the entire point of Yibum is to go ahead and establish offspring in memory of the deceased brother. I says the Gemara Vahai, Vahai, Lav Bar Hachihu. So we'll say, let's go back for just a moment because the Gemara is intrigued that the Swiss Adam would have an obligation in Yibum, or I should say in Chalitza, right? But why is he even in the Parsha at all? After all, Halachalamai, so the obligation of Yibum slash Chalitza is what? To establish offspring for the deceased brother. This brother who is a Sris Adam is unable to do any of that. So why is he even in the Parsha? To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, say, this is fascinating. Rava says, well, if that's the case, if that's the case, then the truth is no woman should ever be subject to Yibum. Why not, Rabosai? Now listen to this. Remember, let's go back for just a moment. If a woman was married to a Petsuadako or a Khrushchevcha, right? Rabosai, ultimately again, would she be subject to Yibum? And the answer is no. Why? Because if she could not have children with her now deceased husband, Ultimately, again, there's no mitzvah of Yibum. So the Gemara says, Rav says something amazing. Now let's say, we assume that a man, a, form, a few moments before his death, becomes what we call a sris chama. A sris chama. Let's say, what does that mean? That, now, the Gemara is presupposing that a person is dying of old age, right? That a person is dying of natural causes. So we assume that they're so weak before they die that they don't have the ability to father children. 
right? That would be called this, but again, it's natural causes because it's just the aging process, right? Death. So every person before their death would be called a srischama. If that's the case in halacha lamaisa, no woman should ever be subject to yibum because halacha lamaisa, she's being widowed from a man who was incapable of having children. To which the Gemara says, the Rabbi, so the Gemara says, the Rabbi Eliezer, Piruka de Rabba Pirchai. Also, according to Rabbi Eliezer, do we say that the answer of Rava is in fact the question, Hasam Kechishusa da Aschalebe? Ultimately, you're going to say the truth is no, no, no. A man a few moments before he dies is not called the Sris Chama. At most, what that's called is physiological weakness. There's a difference between a weakness which prevents you from having children versus a form of sterility. Those are two very different things. So a man, a few moments before he dies, perhaps is suffering from weakness, but Lamai said that's not sterility. So the Gemara Gavos said, now we get into definitions. So we'll say this really, this entire conversation was really just focused on the position of Rabbi Akiva. Now we're kind of going to go zero out a little bit. They will say, what is the case? What, how do you define the condition of a srischama? They will say, here's what the Gemara is really asking. The Gemara is asking, are, are there physical indicators that would allow us to know that a man is sterile before he is sterile? So will say, typically we would assume, how do you know if a man is sterile? How do you know if a man is sterile? Right? He gets married and he doesn't have children. Now, even that's imprecise. Right, why? Because if he's married, he doesn't have children, how do you know if it's the man? How do you know if it's the woman? How do you know if it's the combination of the two? So what the Gemara is asking over here is, are there any physical indications before a man gets married that he may be a Sris Chama? See, I will say, here's what's interesting. See, in a Sris Adam, in a Sris Adam, you would be able, you might be able to know that he's a Sris Adam, right? How do you know? How do you know? That's the result of an injury, right? A guy is a Petsua Daka, a guy is a Khrushchevcha, those are physical injuries that you know, that you know. Over here we're talking about, again, Swiss Chama means a man is naturally sterile. So are there any indications? Here we go. So we'll say, it's interesting. So the Gemara says, what's the definition of a Swiss Chama? Swiss Chama is a man who was born sterile. Okay, I got it, I got it. But how would he know? In other words, are there any physical indications? I'm going to say, again, before we go on this, I just want to point out, I give this disclaimer every time, whenever the Gemara talks about medicine, right? Medicine is not, medicine is just reflective of whatever was going on during that time. In other words, the medicine that we have in the Gemara, right, is, is not, is not halacha. It's not halacha. It's Chazal's medicine, which again was not, which was the generally understood medical conventions. Here we go. I'm going to buy it. It's interesting. So the Gemara says, the Gemara says, if when a man urinates, if there's no arc to the urination, but instead ultimately again the urine kind of just goes down, right? It, it just, in other words, it just kind of like just just drops down. There's no really what it's saying is there's no force to it. There's no force to it. So there's no arc. There's no arc. It just, it just trickles down. Ultimately, again, that's an indication of sterility. To which the Gemara said, by the way, now these are congenital, these are congenital um, defects. So how does that happen? The Gemara says, what, what, what happened? In other words, it's interesting. The Gemara is assuming something must have happened in utero that must have caused this. So what could cause this? Listen to this. This could come from the mother baking bread during high noon 
and drinking watered-down beer. First of all, nothing good ever comes from drinking watered-down beer, right? That's Aleph, right? But let's say, but over here, over here, what's interesting is the Gemara attributes this to two things. Baking during high noon, which means during pregnancy, she was exposed to intense heat, right? Because it's baking, oven is hot, high noon, right? Ultimately, again, the, the, the heat. And again, Shechem Arka, the Shechem Arka, I don't know, Rashi says, Shechem Mazuk, Ve'ikat Shechem Mazuk, Ve'ikat Armi Chazak. So let's say Rashi gives two gear cells. Shechem Marka could either mean diluted beer or exceptionally strong beer. Okay, either way, the Gemara understands this combination to cost sterility. So the Gemara says, the Amar, so the Gemara says, uh, good. The Amar of Yosef, Hanu dishamana la'ami the Amar, kol shimimei imo likui, velo yadana mai nihu, velechosh shamehevri ben saim. So says the Gemara. So Rabbi Yosef said, this is what Rabbi Ami used to say, that the definition of a Swiss chamel is someone ultimately, again, definite as someone who was afflicted this way already from the womb. In other words, he was born, he was born with a state of sterility. So the words, Velechosh, Shema Hevri Bein Saim. This is interesting. I will say, maybe the man, maybe he experienced a period of time where he was, he wasn't sterile. In other words, here's, here, here's what we know. We, we know what he is right now, and perhaps we even know that he was born that way, for argument's sake, right? Because let's, let's, say, let's say from the beginning, right? Whenever he urinated, there was never the urination with the ark. Let's assume for a moment that that's a sign. So maybe, maybe there was a period in time where he was healed. Then I will say, why does that matter to us if he was healed and then afflicted again? I will say, because what does that do if he was healed and afflicted again? Ultimately, again, the Gemara says that would make him into a what, potentially? a Swiss Adam and not a Swiss Chama. And I want to say this, according to Rabbi Akiva, a Swiss Adam is treated more leniently than a Swiss Chama. So the Gemara says, no, no, no. So we assume that if he was born this way and now before us he is this way now, we assume that that has been his maintained state throughout his lifetime. In other words, we will say, we don't assume that there was a period of time in which he was healed. To which the Gemara says, Master of Mari, is that true? So, Master of Mari, Rabbi Hanina ben Antigonus Omer, Rabbi Hanina ben Antigonus says, both can also shalosh pamim besoch shmonim yom. So, this is interesting, totally unrelated topic. Bechar, Bechar behema. The both say, if the Bechar develops some water on the eye or, or white spots on the eye, these are mumin, these are mumin that would go ahead and invalidate a Bechar offering. So, says the Gemara something amazing. What do you do? We check the Bechar animal three times over the course of 80 days to see if these mumin went away. I will say, what's the point of it? What do you see? What do you see from here? That you do, that it is possible that sometimes an animal, at least an animal, has a mum. The mum heals, the mum comes back. So we see it is possible for a mum to heal. So why aren't we concerned that even if this individual was born in a state of sterility, perhaps halach halamais, again, it was healed in the interim, to which the Gemara says, no, 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 lechat ibrachashinon, lekule gufa lochashinon. There's a big difference. When, when there's a mum in a particular limb, that we, 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 that we, that we, that there's the possibility that maybe it was healed, right? When it came back again, left again, that, that we have to look for. But Lamaisa, when it comes to what we'll call, I guess, a, a systemic issue, right, or a holistic issue, which is what sterility is categorized as, we assume that a state like that does not vacillate, it does not change. And therefore, again, if he's been established ultimately as a srishama, that state remains with him. Incredible. Rabbi Eliezer Omer.
Loki, so also remember again, Rabbi Eliezer came along and said, he, he said just the opposite. He argued with Rabbi Akiva. And he said, Asris Chama does Chalitza. Ultimately, again, why? Because according to Rabbi Eliezer, Asris Chama can be healed. Can be healed. As opposed to Asris Adam, ultimately, again, who does not do Chalitza. Why? There's no, there's no healing for him. So it says, let's analyze this. Or Minhu, raise a kasha. But say, interesting case. Ben, Esrim, Shonavalohevi, Shtei, Saros. But say, listen to this case. Let's say you have a, a man who's 20 years old and he never brought any signs of physical maturation. Shtei, Saros, never had two heirs. Right? So again, but say, so 20 years old, no signs of physical maturation. What's Talacha? Yaviu, Raya, Shuhu, Ben, Esrim. He has to bring, he should bring a raya, right? He has to bring a raya of his age. It's interesting, he has to bring a raya that he's 20 years old. And now we establish that this guy is a sris. Now, both sides, I just want to point out something amazing. When someone is older but has not developed signs of physical maturation, there's two possibilities. What are the two possibilities? Possibility number one is he's just a late bloomer, right? That's possibility number one, just a late bloomer. Possibility number two is that he's a sris. That is his risk. Now, I'll say, what's the nafkamina? There is a fascinating nafkamina. If he's a late bloomer, then it could be that he could have the status of a cotton for an advanced, until an, even until an, an advanced biological age. If he's a sris, then it turns out that what? He was really a godl as of when? As of when? The age of 13. Fascinating. We're going to see this inside. So, says the Gemara, let's analyze. Says the Gemara. Says the Gemara. Good. Uh, I'm sorry. Ultimately, again, I will say he doesn't do chalitza and doesn't do yibum. Bas esrim v'lo So I if you have a woman who's 20 years old, but she has not, she has not gone ahead and brought any any signs of physical maturation. Now, I will say the case would be over here where she's married to someone. Now she was widowed. We're going to see this in just a moment. Yavi raishi bas esrim. Ultimately, again, she should bring a raya that she's 20 years old. Vihia islandess. And Abba says she's an islandess. She's an islandess. And therefore, again, lo choletzes, velo misyabemes. Ultimately, again, she doesn't do chalisa, doesn't do yibum, divre basila. So Abba says basila is of the opinion that halacha la maisa, we go ahead and we wait until the age of 20. If by the age of 20, the man or the woman have not brought any signs of physical maturation, we designate him as a Sris, we designate her as an islandess, and therefore again, I will say, no chalitza, no yibum, no nothing. Rabbi Shammai says, no. Zev zev right? So I will say, Shammai agrees in principle that obviously after a certain point in time where there are no signs of physical maturation, then halacha, again, you'll have to designate as an islandess or a Sris. He just disagrees on the age. And he holds the age is not 20, the age is 18. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer Hazachar, Kedivre Beisilal, or Nekeva Kedivre Beishamai. Rabbi Eliezer has a hybrid. He holds by men, we pass in like Beisilal, i.e., 20 years old, and by women, 18 years old. Why the distinction? Because everyone knows women physically mature earlier than men. Good. So we'll say that's Rabbi Eliezer's position. Amarami Bardi Kuli Amar Shmuel Chazerbo Rabbi Eliezer ultimately Rabbi Eliezer ultimately retracted. Amar Rabbi Eliezer, I'm sorry. Amar Shmuel Chazerbo Rabbi Eliezer ultimately Rabbi Eliezer retracted this position because we'll say remember again 
Remember, again, this is different than Rabbi Eliezer and our Mishnah, contrary to Rabbi Eliezer and our Mishnah. That's why the whole thing is brought as a kasha. Ultimately, again, Shmuel, the Rami Rami Bar Dikuli, name of Shmuel said, Rabbi Eliezer recanted. Fine. Ibailahu. Mahi, Siddhimar says, Mahi Haderba. They will say, so which position did Rabbi Eliezer recant? The one quoted over here or the one of the Mishnah? To which the Gemara says, Tashma, the Sanya, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, Sris, Chama, Cholitz, Vecholzin, Leishto. Oh. So I'll say the Bryce says, Rabbi Eliezer says, a Sris Chama, a Sris Chama, ultimately again does Chalitza. And ultimately again, if he dies, we do Chalitza for his wife. Why? Shekim Baminon Misrapin Alexandria Shamitzrayim. Rabbi say this is fascinating. Because Rabbi Eliezer says, in Alexandria, they had fertility doctors. <laughs> Incredible. Alexandria, they had fertility doctors, and they could treat, they could treat what we'll called this congenital infertility, right? They, they could treat that. They could treat that. So Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, to which the Umar says, so we'll say, so therefore again, it sounds like Rabbi Eliezer ultimately again held by his position in the Mishnah and retracted the position in the Braisa, to which the Umar says, no, Rabbi Eliezer, Omer, the Olam lo haderbei, to which the Gemara says, Rabbi Lazar really never retracted his position. And ultimately, again, when we said before, when Rabbi Lazar said before, that the halacha, or Eliezer said before, that the halacha follows Basilo, ultimately, again, for 20 years old for a man, that was ultimately stated legabe what? That was stated legabe onshin. That was stated in terms of punishment. Look at Rashi. Rashi says almost right across. saying was like this. When we say that that from the age of twenty and on is called the Sris. I will say what that means is like this. Up until the age of 20, we treat him like a katan. Treat him like a katan. From the age of 20, now that we realize he has not brought any signs of physical maturation, he's a sris. But I will say a sris is a gadol. So from the age of 20 and on, ultimately he'll be treated like a gadol. Okay? To which the Umar says, Itmar, achal chelev mi ben shteim esrei v'yom echad ad ben shmona esrei. So I will say if a person ate chelev from the age of 12 until the age of 18, and I will say, then at the age of 18, a person, right, the simonim of a sris, which I will say, so far we only spoke about one by a man, which ultimately is that the urine doesn't arc, right? The flow of the urine doesn't arc, but we're going to see other simonim right now. So what happened? In other words, you had a person transgressing a prohibition from the age of 12 until the age of 18. So I'll say, right, and then what happens? At the age of 18, so it becomes clear that halacha lemaisa, the person is a stress. I will say, I'll point out Rashi, very important Rashi. You see that Rashi? Well, it's point out Rashi says, even though the Gemara sounds like it's talking about a man, in fact, it's talking about a woman. That's why it uses the age of 18. Because remember again, Rabbi Eliezer said that Allah follows Beishamai by a woman. And ultimately, again, she's determined to be an islandess or a sris at the age of 18 if she displays no signs of physical maturation. So I will say, here's the case. You have a girl, you have a woman who was eating chalev. That's just the example. She was doing something prohibited between the ages of 12 and 18. Now I will say, what's unique about 12? What's unique about 12? That's the age in which she would have normally been assumed to be an adult. But she, she doesn't develop physically. Now she's 18 and still no signs of physical maturation. 
Right? And I'll say, now watch this. And I'll say, interestingly enough, afterwards, after the age of 18, then sometime, sometime afterward, then she develops two hairs. So I'll say, what's the Rav Amar Na'asesris Lemafreya. Rav says, she has the retroactive, I will say, there's two things happening over here. The first thing the Gemara is not dealing with, which is, I will say, something absolutely amazing, which is after you pass a certain age and have not developed physically, even if there are subsequent signs of physical maturation, halachically, they don't matter. So what, we're going to see this more in Ahmed Bey's, but essentially, once you pass that age of 18 and there's no signs of physical maturation, even at 19, if she, she develops two hairs, it doesn't matter doesn't matter. She has the designation of a Swiss or an islandess. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss why that is. But we're leaving it on the side right now. We'll say the Shaila is now, she reaches the threshold of 18, no signs of physical maturation. She's an islandess. What do we do about her status? Rav Amar, Rav says, Nasa Sris Freya. It turns out that I will say now retroactively, we establish her as a Sris, which I will say means what? Means what? At, at the, as of the age of 12, she was a Gidola. She was a Gidola, she's an adult, and therefore, again, I will say she's just an islandist, right? But she's an adult, and therefore, again, she has liability for what? All of the chalev she ate between 12 and 18. Ushmuel and Shmuel says, no, no, no. Katan Hayaba Shmuel says, no. Essentially, we treat her like a kitana up until the age of 18. And at 18, when we declare her an islandist, then she's an adult from that point forward. Maskif, Rav Yosef, Rav. So Rav Yosef raised the cash. Rav Yosef, just fascinating, Machlokas. So Maskif, Rav Yosef, Rav, Islandist, Rabbi Meir, Yehila, Knas. So I will say, Islandist, according to Rabbi Meir, ultimately, again, there should be a Knas. Right? That Allah, again, if you violate an Islandist, ultimately, there should be the penalty payment. Amr and Rabbi say, yet, Rabbi Meir holds that there's not a Knas. If you take a look, well, actually, let's go right there. Says the Gemara, Amr Mikatnusa, Beggar. So Abayi says it must be, it must be that by an islandist Rabosai, that there's an interesting thing. By normal maturation of a girl, there's three stages. There's Kitana, Nara, and Bagros. By an islandist, ultimately, again, we skip the step of Kitana and ultimately transition immediately into Bagros. Fascinating. Again, we'll discuss all these details. So he said to him, the truth is all of these things, all of these incredible teachings were really conveyed to us originally by Shammai. This Sanya, I will say, here we go. We learned in Abraisa. Listen to this. A Sris can never be a Ben Sora Amora. He can never be judged as a Sora Amora. Why not? Because I will say, Ben Sora Amora, must, must display signs of physical maturation. If he doesn't have signs of physical maturation, he cannot be judged. An islandist cannot be judged as an amurasa. What's a nara amurasa? Namurasa is a nara, is a nara, which is the age between 12 and 12 and six months, who was betrothed to a man and had relations with another man. She committed adultery. Nara says, unique halacha. An islandist can never be judged as an Ara Murasa. Why not? Because I will say, uh, an islandist has no Naros. She's never a Nara. She goes right from Katnus up until Bagros. Sorry. The Gemara says, Rabbi Avahu says, if you have a man or a woman, 
who, dis- who, who display signs of being a Swiss or an islandist. So I will say, the truth is, what are the signs of being a Swiss or an islandist? Right now, all we know is that what makes a Swiss a Swiss or an islandist is the lack of physical maturation. We're going to see that there are other active signs as well. Or I will say, a baby born during the eighth month. So you have to understand, from, from a Talmudic perspective, a baby born during the seventh month was viable, during the ninth month was viable, during the eighth month was not viable. So any three of these people, a child born during the eighth month, right? A, a man who may be a Swiss, a woman who may be an islandist, we wait until the age of 20 to determine their status. To which the Gemara says, because we'll say then, by, again, remember, because if by 20, if the man doesn't physically develop or the woman doesn't physically develop, then what? Then what? We know that what? They're a Swiss. They're a Swiss and we judge them. In other words, and their status is determined accordingly. And I will say, it seems to be also that a baby born during the eighth month is only considered to be viable once he reaches the age of 20. It's pretty good viability. So we'll say, it's interesting of the Gemara. said, one second. Uben Shmona Mikachai, does an eighth month baby survive? Doesn't, it doesn't survive. Vatanya. Ben Shmona Haryuke Evan. I will say, baby born during the eighth month is like a stone, meaning what? I will say, that baby is muktza on Shabbos. Right? I will say, why is that baby muktza on Shabbos? Ultimately, again, because that baby is considered to be totally non viable. Totally non viable. However, ultimately, again, his mother could bend down over him and nurse him, and nurse him on sakana. Ultimately, again, because of the danger both to the mother and the baby, Rashi points out. The mother needs to nurse also. I will say, the point over here is leaving aside the Hilcho Shabbos, you see from Halacha that an eight-month-old baby is considered to be totally non-viable. What's the case over here? Oh, interestingly enough, the case I will say is where the eight-month baby ultimately, again, is born fully formed. Fully formed. This Sanyal, because we learned, Ezu ben Shmona, What's, what's, how do you know an eight-month-old baby? Ultimately, again, any baby who not, not, did not go the full gestational period. Rabbi, Rabbi Omer Rabbi says, You could actually tell an eight-month baby, an eight-month baby by looking at it. How so? Its hair and its nails are not fully complete. Not fully complete. Time with the gamru. The reason, ultimately, we know it's an eight-month-old baby, or when I say eight-month-old, you understand eight-month, um, eight-month um, gestational period, right? So the Gemara says, interesting. If the hair and the nails are complete, now we'll say we say that what? We say that halach lamaisa is really a seven-month baby who just hung around for another little bit. In other words, they both say, that interestingly enough, and again, I will say, this is all reflected, by the way, Dr. Langman is not here today, but when we had this Gemara last time, we've had this Gemara a number of times, he was explaining to me that something does happen in the eighth month of pregnancy. There's something unique that does happen in the eighth month that ultimately, again, leaves the child more susceptible to infant mortality. All right, I'll have to ask him and come back to the shir. I will say, so point over here is interesting. Chazal had this idea that it could be that you have a seventh-month baby. A seventh-month baby is a baby that's ready to go after seven months, right? Expedited, right? Expedited, rush service, right? So the baby is ready to go after seven months. So if you have a baby that comes out in the eighth month, 
but its hair and its nails are complete. That's really a seven-month baby that just stuck around for another little while in, in the womb. But ultimately, again, its, its, its formation was already finished at the end of seven months. So the Marsa Elahada of Rabatosva Uvda Biisha Shah Bahus is a wild case. Listen to this. What about the following case? Rabatosva to the following thing. Biisha Shahalak Bailul Medina Sarabasa. Listen to this case. There was a woman whose husband went on travel. He was overseas. Right? The Ishtahui at Shasa. And ultimately, again, he was gone for a year. He was gone for a year. And the year after, right? Pretty much a year after he left. Mazel tov, she gave birth. I don't know, right? And Rava said, no, it's not a problem. It's her husband's child. Because like Rebbe, who says that sometimes the fetus could remain in the uterus, could remain in the womb for an extended amount of time. So it's actually pretty wild. So Rebbe said, this is the child that belongs to the first husband. It really, she, she must have conceived before he left. But the baby just stuck around for another three months inside. To which the Gemara says, Shabbos said, then the Gemara says, but since there is the opinion of Shem Gamliel, Shabbos said, Shem Gamliel ultimately holds as follows. He holds, Shabbos said, see, the Brisa said that if you have a baby born during the eighth month, its viability is only determined when, it's fascinating, when the baby reaches the age of 20. Not 20 days, not 20 months, not 20, right? 20, 20 years old. To which the Gemara says, okay, but first of all, it's just strange in general because that you would have such a large window. But more than I will say, this is Rabbi Shem Gamliel holds that Allah Chalamaisa, Anytime a baby is born, viability is determined when? After 30 days. Once the baby survives 30 days, that baby is Yotse Michlal Nefel. It's no longer a Nefel, and it is considered to be an absolutely viable baby. What Shabbos say, Halachalamais is very important. That is why if a child dies within 30 days, right, the is there is no obligation of Shiva or any type of formal mourning for such a child. Because a child that passes away within 30 days is considered to be non-viable. But once the baby reaches the 30-day threshold, that is when viability is established. Rabbi will say, let's get back to Sris. Rabbi will say, but remember again, remember again, what we do accept, Rabbi will say, is as follows. That essentially, you can't call someone a Sris. You can't designate someone a Sris until when? It sounds like what the Gemara is saying is until the age of 20, right? 20 for a man, 20 for a woman, like we pass like Baisal on both, on both accounts. And once there's 20 and no signs of physical maturation, that means there's a sris. Sris, islandess. So I will say, why is that important? Because now what could we do? We could actually back up that status retroactively. So it turns out that this man wasn't a late bloomer. He's a sris. And therefore, ultimately, again, when could we extend his sris kite back until retroactively until where? To 13 years old, right? This girl is not is not a late bloomer. She's an islandess. When could we extend her islandess kite back to to the age of 12? Which is important because then, if they did isurim during this time, there may be retroactive liability. Then I both say all of this is assuming that the people in question, their issue is they have failed to produce signs of physical maturation. What about other things? Well, here we go. Tanra banan Ezus rishama. Rabbi say, what's an example of a sris chama, someone who's born in this state? So Rabbi say, so this is the classic example. Anyone, any man who's 12 years, 20 years old, but has not produced any signs of physical maturation. 
It's what I mentioned before, which is really dramatic. See, once you reach that age of 12, you have that designation of, you have that designation of Sris. And even if at 21, he produces two hairs, the Gemara says, we don't pay attention to it. From the Gemara's perspective, it's almost as if once you reach a certain age and fail to produce signs of physical maturation, it's clear you're Sris. Ah, you produce two hairs at 21 years old. We just look at those two hairs as just something else. Just something else. The Elohim Simani, Simani, we'll say, here are the Simanim of Asris. Here we go. Kol She'elo Zakan, we'll say, any person doesn't have a beard. Usa'ara Lakui, we'll say, interesting, his, his hair is very, this is for a man, he has very soft hair. Very soft hair. Ubisara Machlik, and he has very soft skin. And we'll say, the common denominator over here is these are considered to be feminine attributes. If when he urinates, his urine does not create a foam, okay? No ark, is what we said before, urinates, no ark. Or any man whose shikvah zara's semen is liquidy. It's liquidy. Others say it's anyone whose urine, we'll say machmitzin literally means like, like um, becomes... Machmitz means like like vinegar. It, um, it becomes um, putrefy. Good, putrefy. All right. Again, I'm not sure. I always thought that urine was putrefied, but I guess not. All right. I guess right. For a while, it's still good. Right, so 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 lemais again. Machmitzin, right? It becomes it becomes right, putrefied. The achirim say kosher rochets bimos hagisham vein besar malahevel. Interesting. Whoever whoever bathes during the winter but his skin does not emit steam. Not emit steam. So Rabbi Shimon Omer kol shekolo Or any man whose voice is so high-pitched that you, when you hear him speak, you don't know if it's a man or a woman. So we'll say, these are all the simanim. Now we'll say, what we're going to see is something very interesting, which is that halacha lamaisa is the Imar suggesting you need all of these simanim, one of these simanim. Again, we'll get to that, but lamaisa, these are the Simon, Bezu Islandis. And I'm say, who's an Islandis? Who's an Islandis? Koshi Basas of Lohevi Besaros. So I'm say, any woman who's 20 years old did not produce signs of physical maturation. It's wild. Again, even if she produces physical signs later on, again, once her status is established at the age of 20, that status does not change. And ultimately, again, these are the Simonim of an Islandis. Koshi Inla Dadaim. Any woman who does not have breasts, she doesn't physically develop. And relations are difficult, or say physically painful for her. That seems to also be an indication, ultimately, of a lack of physical, physical um, maturation. Any woman who doesn't have the general physical formula, as I was saying, the physical, the Gemara calls it, which means the stomach, the stomach slants inward, towards the makom erva. So any woman who doesn't have a, the build of a woman, right, ultimately, again, is like, is like an island. Any woman whose voice is very deep, and so deep that, again, you can't tell the difference if it's a man or a woman, ultimately, that would be indicative of an island. So we'll stop over here for today. We'll pick up a session with the discussion about whether or not one needs all of these simanim, or even one or some of these simanim. We'll say, shkoyach.